0: i probably wouldn't be going this hard already but i worked out today i did like so much friggin work
1: what are you I doing do- i deserve What's your it.
0: program um wait oh my no it was just my physical therapy workout oh <laughs> they had me do all this you know um uh, squats lunges oh steps, boy like Kind of like a circuit kind of thing.
1: You got to do a salt bath. Yeah, yeah.
0: But then they also do the pressure points in
1: them. Oh, like a little massage?
0: Yes. So
1: That was like the whole reason Mike went to physical therapy when he went. He was just like, I really just like the massage. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, that, that is also like, what this is my first time at physical therapy, and it's like, oh, this is how people get free massages yeah
1: thank you healthcare.
0: yeah but they also like i swear they're trying to make you not go for the massages because they put so much they like they try to make you pain like feel pain like feeling pain is the point baby
1: oh mike likes that but he's a yeah masochist i think well i i have bruises from oh jesus christ I don't think they're doing it right. I don't think you're supposed to be breaking blood vessels. Yeah, but these, um,
0: this was from, well, yeah, it it's, it's complicated, but I, like because
1: my- Blink ne- if you're in trouble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's the knee, the knee is like so complicated that they have to kind of like figure out which tendons and ligaments are right and wrong. So they're like digging into your knee to like-
1: I also feel like physical therapists have like really expanded, like used to just do exercises and now they're doing like these massages. They're doing more like chiropractic stuff, I feel like. And I feel like they're doing it to justify why you wouldn't just do exercises on your own time by yourself. It's like, no, you need me. You need me to like touch you.
0: Yeah. And I think part of it is true. Or at least that's, I've been brainwashed to believe because the first day I showed up, I was like, my knee hurts. And I like explained everything. And then the guy works on my foot and I'm like, what, what, what's going on?
1: Like, but, oh, you don't know. I've, I'm going to show you.
0: And like, I'll, But like, it worked. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what happened, but like something changed and like, it helps so
1: that's fun well nice little magic trick Welcome to Sex with Ghosts. I'm Bridget, here with my deep sea expert, Molly. Hey, exciting. I do love the deep sea. Oh, great, because today's topic is actually the loss of phobia. I don't know what that
0: is, but cool.
1: It's the fear of large bodies of water.
0: I, okay, I have heard of that, but also I don't really understand it.
1: Well, we'll talk a little bit about maybe why people feel that. Yeah, yeah. So mostly what I'm going to do is talk about some creepy stuff in the ocean.
0: Just to point out to everyone, we've mentioned multiple times over the years. We are, we're, we've been going on for years now, so years <laughs> that the deep sea is the last unexplored frontier.
1: And that there's a really great reel or TikTok going around that shows like how deep largest bodies waters are. And that's how I came up with today's topic. I want to give a quick shout out to Sky Shepherd. Um, She sent me this reel showing like how much, how little we know about the ocean. And that kind of became the inspiration for today's episode. So thank you, Sky. Yay. So yeah, it's, Philosophobia, it makes people panic-stricken. The thought of being exposed to deep water. Their heart will race. They might tremble and sweat and hyperventilate. Depending on the severity, people can be triggered just by the thought of deep open water. Other situations uh, may include bridges over deep water, flying over the ocean, watching a movie where oceans and there's underwater scenes.
0: What about just like being on a beach?
1: Yeah, I could trigger it. That's why I, when people are like afraid to go to the beach, I don't know. It's like we'll never get along.
0: Yeah. Like You're
1: scared of like what could be in the ocean and you don't even have to go into the ocean when you're at the beach. You Just sit at the beach with like a margarita in your
0: hand, yeah. I don't really get it, it feels a little too existential for me, perhaps, which is weird. But it's like, I don't know, because the only thing I've ever heard it like explained is like, oh, the vastness of the ocean. But it's like,
1: there's an article from ICES Journal of Marine Science, it was published by scientists and researchers, and they blame humans' conscious and unconscious fear because of the lack of deep-sea exploration.
0: Oh, okay. You know what? That bad actually does make sense to me.
1: And one of the points that they make is, like, between 1958 and 2014, there had only been 35 fatal shark attacks in the waters around the United States. So that's, like approximately 55-ish years where like only that's like less than once a year someone dies from a shark and there's like loads of people especially who live on a coastline.
0: Yeah but I guess a similar ish fear which I don't have like I don't have a phobia of but like it does get to me sometimes is like the idea of the vastness of space, like
1: because oh yeah, but you can't. Oh, this is not necessarily like a direct correlation, I suppose, but like you can't breathe in space. Yes. And not that you can breathe in water, but like you can go to the top of the water, yeah, and swim yeah. and float. You can't do that in space. Yes. I think space is spookier than space is spookier. I agree,
0: but I was just correlating the like whole like unexplored, you know yeah, I have a feeling that probably has to do with both of those,
1: yeah. There's like a collective humans just want to be everywhere and understand it. Mm-hmm. which makes sense like that's the key to survival, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the first topic I would like to talk about under the the umbrella He's is the Kraken. Oh. do you know anything about the Kraken? He's
0: I have read. Books. I have um, listened to role playing podcasts. I have, I know more than you might expect about the Kraken.
1: Ooh, okay, exciting. Because for a long time, the Kraken was considered like a cryptid, it was like the Bigfoot of the sea. Sure, yeah. For thousands of years, sailors told stories of giant squids, Kraken. You see it in myth, you see it in cinema and it's usually considered a terrible sea monster. In Nordic folklore it was said to haunt the seas from Norway through Iceland all the way to Greenland. Sightings of the creature is very rare and most of what's known of the giant squid is from their dead bodies washing up on shore.
0: Sure. like I think it's one of those stories that's kind of like uh, correct me if i'm wrong but it's like the creature the giant squid exists but like we have turned it into the mythological kraken is not the same thing
1: right well so the mythological kraken is like it's like bigfoot right like right we didn't have any proof of it it would just be like guys came back from sailing and they were like, we saw this giant squid. And everybody was like, sure, Gary, maybe quit drinking the rum. (laughs) No offense, Gary, I feel like rum. And you're listening to this episode. Um, Sailor Gary's, it's good rum. Um, Ah, But then like once they started seeing bodies, which like really didn't happen until recently. Like in 1853, giant cephalopod, which was found stranded on a Danish beach. And so Norwegian naturalist I'm going to probably say his name wrong because it's a, a Nor- Norwegian, but I'm guessing it's Yepetus steenstrup, recovered the animal's beak and used it to scientifically describe what would become known as a giant squid. Which sure. In Latin, I guess is archutis ducks. Maybe dukes. That's my Latin for you. All right.
0: So I guess the point I was trying to make, probably ineloquently, was that like it's a real creature, but then the mythology is like a separate thing, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Real- well, yeah, because the mythology developed before there was like any real proof that this animal existed. And then on top of that, like even after we had proof that the kraken exists, we have like no information. Right, right. Exactly. About it. Very similar to the eels. Yeah, exactly. Giant squid can live thousands of feet below the ocean surface where very little sunlight is penetrated this deep. So to adapt, the giant squid has evolved with the largest eyes in the animal kingdom. These eyes are as large as a basketball and roughly three times the diameter of any other animal. It
0: almost feels like they shouldn't have eyes at all. Yeah. That, that would probably make it creepier.
1: Oh, that would make it loads creepier. Then it's like a bat. <laughs> I don't know why bats have eyes. Do they have eyes? Yes. Yes. It does seem weird they exist. These huge eyes probably help them get around the ocean. But they are also very likely very sensitive of bright lights, which is why it's been, like, really hard to get these guys on camera.
0: Oh, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Because they would just go the other direction.
1: Yeah. And they would probably see the light before the camera would see them. I can't recall if we said this, but couldn't Loch Ness Monster be a giant squid? Oh, I don't know if we have said that. That would make sense. Yeah, right. I feel like it's in that neighborhood. And I think they live for a long time. Yeah, same. Hmm. Same thing. If it could be eels, I think it could be a squid. Right? Like,
0: especially with the head and the arms. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, Molly is was a- miming a <laughs> octopus. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> um uh. So in 2012 and 2019, scientists were able to get some sightings because they fixed this on their cameras. Nice. They used a submersible named Medusa. So Medusa would turn off its lights and stop moving after a certain amount of time or reaching a certain uh, depth. And then the creature would come out and they'd catch it navigating the bottom of the sea. They would also use a dim red light instead of bright light whites or white lights. So they were able to get some visuals and they think this probably helped because there's probably natural color blindness with the animals.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just can't. (laughs) Um, Next time you're in around my area, we should go to the aquarium together.
1: Oh, Yeah. We've been trying to go. We are terrible at planning that, but I, the Monterey Aquarium is supposed to be, like, one of the best in the country, I think.
0: Yeah, it is very cool. And you learn, like, you see these deep-sea creatures, and they're just the weirdest creatures imaginable.
1: Yeah, but on the books, in July of 2012, this is when we got our first video of the giant squid and it was swimming about 2000 feet below the surface of the Pacific Ocean. Like some other squid species, it has giant pockets in its muscles containing an ammonium solution that is less dense than seawater. They think this allows the animal to float underwater so it can keep itself steady, basically without um, actively swimming. The presence of the ammonium in their muscles is probably the reason why they also have not been fished to near extinction, because if we know anything about humans, they love killing animals.
0: It's true, but I do wonder, like, how deep does deep sea fishing really go? Like, is it that deep?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of these creatures are definitely, like, intelligent enough to, like, run away. Yeah, yeah. And then... Yeah, it can't go that deep. But, like, even if it made itself known, I think they have a better control over their bodies in the water versus like a whale, because like sperm whales used to be like super common. And now there's like a certain number of them or Mm -hmm. a definitive number of sperm whales in Mm. the world. Speaking of the sperm whale, it is also the predator of our friend here. Oh, interesting. So they think that. These two sea creatures actually get into battles quite frequently frequently because it's very common to find scars on whale skins left by the squid's tentacles and arms, Dang. which have suckers lined with sharp tooth-like structures.
0: I mean, it seems like the squid is smarter than the whale, though. Oh,
1: my God, the squid and the whale. Remember? <laughs> that movie <laughs> sorry was that the one that was about divorce yes yes <laughs> i want to be a tennis pro like ivan
0: oh come on you don't want to be a tennis pro why not it's not serious i mean McEnroe, borg is an artist it's like dance connor's has a brutish brilliance but at ivan's level ivan is fine but he's not a serious guy he's a philistine what's a philistine it's a guy who doesn't care about books or interesting films and things Your mother's brother Ned is also a Philistine. Then I'm a Philistine. No, you're interested in books and things. You liked The Wild Child when we saw it.
1: Lots of people like that movie. No, I'm a Philistine. Yeah, so that is probably why the squid does get away during these duels. But because they can't really... Like they, so they use their tentacles to constrict prey and that's really hard for them to do to a sperm whale, which is probably why like a sperm whale never like ends up fatally wounded by these creatures. Right. That makes sense. So they probably like attack them with their tentacles and then they do their classic ink cloud and that's when they get away from the sperm whale.
0: Yeah, I'm curious as to what a whale does to aggressively be aggressive.
1: What do you mean? Like, how do, it's not like it has
0: razor fins or something. Like, it's just big.
1: It's big, but they can, you know, charge. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, I mean, the killer whale is more of a, it's a dolphin-like creature, but they flail. Yeah, there is that. But also, it just doesn't feel like i think you might have a disney Disney disney-fied vision of the whale didn't we do the killer whale no no i don't think so why do i think we did that stuff is dark oh really did we we not do it on this podcast my i don't think so why do i feel like wow have i already forgotten (laughs) because i felt like we talked about how terrible killer whales are I mean, not that they are terrible. Most of their crimes committed was in captivity by humans Mm. and not correctly put in captivity. So that's one of the reasons why people are afraid of the ocean. Yeah, sure. I have a second story for you, and it's about a ghost ship called the Oorang Maidon. Um, Before we go on, do you want to talk about cracking the rum? The rum? (laughs) what do you mean
0: <laughs> well i mean just i mean that it exists. Is, yeah that exists the stupid story when we were in chicago they had the ch- crack and rum bus stops remember no they they uh, okay in downtown chicago they had like these bus stops where they tricked them out to have like tentacles and it was like and it was a big crack and rum when was this it was definitely when we were there, like 2014, 13,
1: 12? No way. Yeah. I do not remember this at all.
0: Oh, let me... Now I'm... Now I'm no, I know that there were... Crack- I'm not trying to gaslight you. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: let Let me see. Kraken, rum, bus, stop, picture.
1: Mm, well, they definitely took over some buses in England. That is funny, though. You're like, before we move on... <laughs> we have to talk about booze, well, because also uh, yep, here it is. here it is. it's this like the Santa train?
0: Oh wait, no, I guess this was much later, maybe it maybe it was after you left, maybe it was when I was just in the
1: um, maybe it was like between like I had left and you were planning on leaving, maybe, uh, but let me show you this picture.
0: I can't seem to zoom in on it, but um, do you see the large Kraken bus stop and the Hannah's pretzel, which was definitely in Chicago?
1: Oh, they like wrapped it around, Mm -hmm. looks like the, the bench. Yep. Outdoor advertising. But Pinterest doesn't give me any information about it. Yeah, Pinterest is
0: trash. It is. It looks like around that time they were also buying buses and, well, buying bus wraps or whatever. And also, then, like, Matthew is a big fan of rum,
1: so we do enjoy the Kraken rum. Is that, like, your favorite rum? I don't love rum. I'm not a rum person. Yeah, the only time I really drink rum is tiki drinks, which I fucking love tiki Yeah.
0: But I do enjoy buying Kraken just to have, like, if I'm going to drink rum, why not have it be Kraken, I guess.
1: I'm still a Sailor Jerry's person. Yeah, I mean, I
0: do like the Sailor Jerry, but I have...
1: But I think it's because it's the least rummy, the least rum-tasting rum.
0: See, I do, Matthew has gotten me into um, Dark and Stormy, so we do usually have... uh, Ginger beer, Kraken rum, lime juice, dark and stormy on hand.
1: Yeah, you got to have your classics ready to go. Mm-hmm. We've been doing a lot of spritzes lately. So. Which is kind of insane because I never thought Mike would be like a spritz boy, but here we are. Uh, he goes to oh. Italy once.
0: Also, like I'm not a big... This is, Sorry, I'm just going to go off on tangents because it's fun. I'm not a big scary book person or movie obviously but like there are always like specific exceptions to that and one of them is a a china Mieville book published in 2010 called cracking and i would highly re- recommend it i like um if if i'm going to watch or listen or read something scary it has to have like some other purpose and this book is it so if you're interested in krakens and
1: mystery what's the other scary part things, of it from the scary to tell you like science facts about the kraken
0: no no no. like as in no like as in a good plot like uh like uh there has to be something there it's not just like scary for the purpose of scary
1: oh i got gotcha, you i got gotcha. you yeah so i'd recommend that
0: and it's fun because it's about a kraken
1: come on Who doesn't like the Kraken? Well, now everybody should like the Kraken. Mm -hmm. It'd be like an animal hiding from humans for that long. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's why people are scared of the ocean.
0: Yes. And also like why the possibility of mermaids isn't out of the question.
1: Yeah. I saw a TikTok the other day where they were like 12 famous mermaid sightings. And like some of them were ones we talked about, but I was like, damn, they are real.
0: I just don't think that they look anything like, you know. They're not as human. No, they're not at all. Especially if they live that far down. Like, the idea that anything that far down would even have eyes is
1: surprising to me. But I think the mermaids, like the squid, could be highly intelligent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So they can go back to the surface. But being highly intelligent also means that they probably are not, you know, poking around, hanging around, waiting to be seen. So, I don't know. Maybe
1: in some places, like the African ones, perhaps. Okay, so the other reason people have thalassophobia is probably because of terrifying stories about ships and what happens with sailors go out and they don't come back in that sort of scenario. So one of these, there's like tons of ship stories I could tell you. But I thought this one was pretty interesting and it's called the SS Uring Maidan. This happened either June 1947 or as late as February 1948 because it's kind of, it's something that ended up like in newspapers and we'll We'll get into the story, but a curious radio message was received by numerous ships traveling along the Straits of Malacca, situated around Sumatra and Malaysia. At the time, the origins of the message were not known, but it was definitely an SOS. The message itself was divided into two parts, separated by Morse code and for a while, could not be deciphered. Those that received the message insisted the transcript was this. All officers, including the captain, are dead. Lying in chart room and bridge. Possibly whole crew dead. I die. Oof. And nothing else was transmitted after the ending there. Damn. So... According to the story, two ships, both of them were American ships, picked up the messages. And like that movie Dunkirk, they had to go and investigate. It's the rule of the sea. With the help of British and Dutch listening posts, the coordinates of the vessel uh, were thought, they were like, okay, we got this triangulated. And they think it was the Dutch freighter SS Oerang Maidan. So... The Silver Star, which was an American merchant ship, was sent to the coordinates. Given the content of the distress calls, the captain of the Silver Star wasted no time in navigating to the location. Several hours later, the lookout on board the Silver Star spotted the ship. Even as the rescue ship pulled up alongside, there were no visible signs of life. All efforts to contact the crew failed. So they were like trying to radio like, hey, we're out here if anyone is there. sure." And since they had no response, this kind of forced the captain of the Silver Star to then organize a way. We have to go on the ship and see what's going on. And what they found were corpses of Dutch crew throughout the ship. The victim's eyes stared wide with horror and their face lay twisted in sheer terror. And their arms looked like they were trying to fight something off. Not even the ship's dog escaped the terror of whatever had taken place. The dog, this is like such an X-Files episode. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what I was thinking too. Like,
1: This is X-Files. Allegedly, the dog was found to be like mid-snarl. Wow captain was found on his bridge which is like where you'd find a captain the remainder of bridge officers were found in the wheelhouse in the chart room the radio operator who they think sent the sos was found at a station the engineering crew were also found at their stations and everyone had this like gross terror on their face Ah. They noticed some things that were, like, really odd. Like, the local temperature was over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, but the search party was feeling like a chill coming from somewhere. (laughs) It was clear that all of the victims had suffered, but none of them had injuries. Oh, my goodness. And they were also decaying a lot quicker than they should have. And the ship, nothing on the ship showed any damage.
0: What? Wait, so no one like barred doors?
1: No, it just looked like something came, caused an immense amount of terror, and everybody just died.
0: That is horrifying.
1: The Silver Star is like, we don't know what's going on, but we'll take the ship back and, you know, someone can try to salvage probably the ship itself and figure out what happened here. So they tethered the ships together and they then discovered smoke below the decks, specifically in the number four cargo hold. So they see the smoke and they're like, we have to sever this connection because it's probably on fire or something. And as soon as they like severed that rope, the Oorang exploded. Holy crap. And allegedly the sheer force of it lifted it out of the water before it sank to the bottom of the ocean. And they didn't
0: notice like a large amount of explosive on board, presumably. So
1: we'll, we'll get into some Ah, that. okay, okay. The first mention of the incident was from the United States Coast Guard in May of 1952, which is why we got like a lot of like it was either this year or this year. And there were witness testimony of crew members. And they, you know, in their testimony included that their frozen faces upturned to the sun, staring as in in fear. Their mouths were gaping open and the eyes staring. So you have to ask, like, is this a fact or a legend? Because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like it's just all hearsay. So one of the arguments that say... That it's not true is that it appears the ship never officially existed. One of the arguments that's not true is that the registry of Orang Maidan never existed. So it definitely was a ship. Was not. Or uh, there's no official documentation that the Orang Maidan existed. Okay. But the Silver Star did was registered and existed. Okay. I mean, wouldn't the Dutch know best? (laughs) Yeah, so that's great because part of it is that uh, those who believe that the Uron Maidan did exist, the thing is that the name was probably originated in Sumatra because there was a Dutch colony formed there. Oh. Part of the Dutch East Indies. And in Indonesia, Urang means man, and Maidan is the largest island of Sumatra. So the name would literally mean man from Maidan.
0: Oh, so it's probable that the ship, well, if. But at the time that they would have found
1: it, the Silver Star wasn't known as a Silver Star. The time that they found the Urang, the Silver Star would have actually been called the Santawana because. The Grace Line shipping company had bought the vessel and renamed it. So there's like all okay. these, like, yeah, yeah pretty muddled. And so there's no records to really back up exactly the names. There's no real mentioning of the Oorong made on anywhere. However, there was a man, Professor Theodor Searsdorfer of Essen in Germany, which sorry my pronunciations, who spent uh, 50 years researching the story of Urang Maidan. And the professor was the first to mention the names of the American ships that originally went in pursuit of the ship and refers everyone interested in their own research to a German booklet that was written in 1954. And the booklet was a publication by a man of Otto Mellick. And he seemed to know a lot about the mysterious ship. He knew knowledge of its route, cargo, and the name of the captain. The book is called Das Totenschiffen der Sudsee. Uh, rumors suggest that the crewmen aboard the Silver Star authenticated the booklet. The book also included like what the cargo hold was what might have been inside. So according to the booklet, the cargo hold contained potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin. If this is true, it would actually explain why there are no official records anywhere because uh, you wouldn't it would have been uh, not allowed or really difficult to get away with moving combustible items on the sea.
0: Now, are we Well, this is probably beyond the scope of this podcast, but we know that for sure in 1950s.
1: I know, it's a weird time because when did the atomic bomb go off?
0: Yeah, because do you remember that story in Lebanon about the combustibles on the ship? Uh, No. Yeah, it was like a few years ago. And what had happened was that a ship was transporting combustibles, but... What happened was they stopped the ship, but then didn't have, didn't know what to do with it. So it had just been sitting there with the oh. combustibles.
1: Was <laughs> that, this you know, rec- like, did it happen recently? Yeah, like a couple
0: years ago, maybe.
1: Holy cow. And then
0: it exploded and it was not, it was very, very bad.
1: But people like, get I off just- the ship
0: oh yeah you know like it had been sitting there for years kind of
1: thing oh
0: and that was the the controversy in the end was that they let lebanon didn't have a better system in place or like maybe just generally the sea law
1: kind of thing yeah i mean the whole thing is messy yeah we I tried watching that plane doc I was telling you about about the Malaysia flight that disappeared in like 2014. And I was super into it because I I showed up every day working at a pub where CNN would be on and we would all be watching this ship bullshit. But Mike, my my little Mike is too sensitive about mass death. Oh, <laughs> so I wasn't able to watch the next parts, but That being said, a lot of it seemed to have to do with like how what's the record keeping? And this is an airplane, not a ship, but it's kind of similar because it went over the ocean. Right. Like the record keeping of these countries. Yes. And what's moving across and what they're responsible for. And it's even crazier now because at this time, you know, they're going off like radio signals of like Morse code. And now we have, like, actual satellites and satellite pictures. So it's, like, even wilder now, because it's, like, there's way... If there was ever a time to have, like, accountability and proof, it's now. <laughs> and they still lost a fucking place.
0: Yes, but it's it's because we don't understand it as humans, a single human on land, how vast the ocean is. Like, it is so and there's no points of reference when you're looking down from a satellite it's crazy
1: yeah like there's one point in the documentary where this woman's like no i found the ship and it was like in the china south sea and they show the satellite images next to like plane drawings but i'm like she's just a lady like it's like looking at clouds and saying this is what i see and it's like good for you but like would a plane even look like that in yeah. the ocean?
0: It's too it's too complicated. Yeah. We are not smart enough yet in
1: our- Not until our- the aliens come and reveal yeah. themselves. There's also a theory that the ship was carrying even more sinister and dangerous cargo- This theory suggests that the Japanese may have smuggled experimental biological weapons manufactured by them. And it was known as Unit 731. And the weapon was supposed to be secret research and development. This theory goes on to say that the Japanese aimed to create the most dangerous chemical weapon for their establishment of Japanese supremacy.
0: That definitely seems like an X Files episode. Like, <laughs> and I, def- I thought about that when you first told the story. Like, oh, was it like Snow episode where something oh. got released in the air? They all died.
1: Yeah, with the terror on their face. Well, and I was thinking of the episode where they all like kill each other.
0: Yep, yep. There, there's so many exiles. That this is relevant
1: too. Like, I'm hoping this does resurface in our uh, X Files. We're watching X Files on the Patreon. Yes. If you're interested, which is why we keep referencing. Yeah, so, sorry,
0: <laughs> I. But I love it. I'm actually really. Yeah, I'm super into watch rewatching.
1: Yes, uh, I definitely get I more know. invested with each episode, <laughs> and I want to see it evolve. Also, culturally. I just
0: feel. I feel like so many. I, I keep on getting the references like, oh my god, this relates to this in our modern day era. People watched X Files in the 90s. Yeah,
1: well, and it's a it's weird how like in our lifetime culturally, like the things that have shifted. Yes. 90s were a weird time, man. So they think that a Japanese bacteriologist named Shiro Ishii conducted these terrible experiments, and this is all related to World War II. He allegedly developed Unit 731 sometime in 1932. So a lot of people are like, that's probably what was really going on. Um, There has been speculation though, of course, that this ship is somehow tied to the Philadelphia experiment, that it's paranormal reasons why this would have happened, obviously. I feel like obviously because we've talked so much about those sort of things before.
0: It Just one more reference to X-Files. Like, the idea that it they, they look in the ship and then they leave and they're towing the ship away and that's when it explodes. Like, that's a TV episode. Well, as
1: soon as they sever the ties <laughs> and then it explodes. Right. Like- what timing? The suspense of that like, episode.
0: Right? That's exactly... We should make that into a movie.
1: We gotta write it. Don't anyone take this idea. This is Molly <laughs> and I's screenplay idea. It's true. Upvoted on blacklist for us. Uh, can we include a Kraken in and discuss? Include a what? <laughs> a oh, in. In, in the episode? Yeah. Like a giant squid just floats yeah. by?
0: Well, no. One of the uh, sailors is like... It was a giant kraken, and then it wasn't a giant.
1: Oh, uh, I was saying the kraken jostles the ship. Ah, uh, that's good, too. That creates a whole mess to begin with. So as you can see, Molly, the deep sea is scary. Yes. Although I don't, I don't feel any more scared. I don't like being in the ocean where you can't see land. Have you ever done that?
0: I have been on a single cruise, so... I have experienced that, but I did feel safe because when you're on a cruise, the ship is like being on land. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Um, but I can I can see that. And also, I have a husband, my, my spouse, my partner is in the Navy, so I do have to think often about him being on a ship in the middle of the ocean.
1: Oh, yeah. How often is he on a ship? Every other duty station. Every other what? Every other duty station. Oh, duty station. How long is a duty station? Two years. Two to three years. And then how long is does a duty station last? Does it last well, for the two yeah, to three years?
0: Yeah, like that's the idea. Well, no, no. Because so in San Diego, he was on a, um, well, what's it called? Um. So Some type he was of ship? Ass- no, no, no. So he was assigned to a ship the last, um, station he was at. So whenever that ship is assigned to go out to the water, he goes with it.
1: But, oh, so you could be assigned to a ship that never goes out. Exactly. Yes. Yes.
0: But I mean, well, never goes out is not a thing in the U S Navy.
1: So it has to go out like you're like half like, oh, it's been six months, boys. Yeah. Get in there. Do your YMCA shit.
0: (laughs) But there's also like uh, oftentimes, like there are times when ships go through maintenance periods, which lasts because it's a a gigantic ship can last year, two, three, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. It is possible that you'd be assigned to a ship that did not go out into the sea. But the point is that you would. So then he comes now currently in Monterey, he's not assigned to a ship. So he will never go to the ship. But then the next time, because he was now on land, now he has to go back to sea, technically. So when would his next like sea date come up? He's graduating in June of twenty twelve twenty-four. So
1: that's when they come knocking. Mm-hmm. They say it's time. Go back to sea. And then that. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to implant the sound there. (laughs) Love it, love it. But we know what I'm talking about.
0: But, you know, Matthew likes the
1: sea. I would hope so. He's a seaman.
0: Also, we were talking about...
1: uh... (laughs) (laughs) Molly did stop and start grinning. (laughs) I did. But
0: um, also
1: the classic song, Brandy. Oh, yeah. You're a fine girl. Yeah. What a wonderful wife you would be. That's kind of a very sad misogynistic song too.
0: Well, sure, sure. But also the idea <laughs> the idea that sailors love the sea. Like that's why they're sailors.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I recently heard a great podcast about how like women love to marry seamen because they're never around. Mm. And then there was like a whole colony of women who had like dildos. For when their husbands <laughs> went out for their sperm whale hunting. Together. Oh, dear.
0: Oh, dear. This has gone off the rails.
1: Well, it's okay because we're at the end. These are the juicy nuggets for those who have made it this far.
0: I hope you're still with us.
1: Yeah, so sea is not scary? It's only scary if you are making bad decisions or yeah, transporting th- dangerous cargo. Yeah, that is, a, that is a pretty big one, though. Or trusting the Malaysian government.
0: Yeah, I think I no, I think <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that those
1: are keys to this whole issue <laughs> of Malaysia. What do you go to Malaysia for? That's what I was mean, asking Mike. I was like, what's <laughs> even in Malaysia except for like probably really terrible child labor laws?
0: Yes, there's. I mean, <sighs> yeah, and then we have also related to the U.S. government is. There was a big scandal through the Navy and like, I don't want to blaspheme anyone, but um, it was pretty much like... Why do they listen to your
1: podcast and they're going to take away your husband's stipend?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, No, but I also don't want to like, I think it was Malaysia, but it could have not been Malaysia. And then then I would be just saying uh, bad things about Malaysia when it wasn't actually them.
1: If you're from Malaysia, tell us if your country is trash or not. Um,
0: so what happened was um it was Malaysia. Yeah, it was. Yep. Okay, it was the Fat Leonard case, and it was a guy in Malaysia who was
1: the Fat Leonard case? Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> is it, that an was-
1: episode? Do you want to tell us too much? Actually,
0: we- yeah, that's true. It was, uh, yeah, Malay is like kind of a criminal ring associated with the Navy because obviously we're, the Navy's traveling all over that area, they need to stop places
1: and, uh, Trafficking children. Yeah. It's not good. It's good. Well, well, there you go. There's a little tease. For next week. Oh, next week even. Holy cow. Contact us. We would on love Twitter, Instagram at sex with ghosts underscore or at oh. our email sex with ghost Podcast at gmail.com Yeah, Molly Molly and I's <laughs> lives are probably just gonna get a little bit busier for a little while it's so there's a, that. Yes. Molly, where can people find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter Instagram. I'm somewhat on Mastodon as well still, though it is um I don't know. I just, I'm not sure what to do with the whole social media thing.
1: I know. I feel like I'm done with it. I just like watching terrible TikToks. I have no desire to participate other than watching.
0: Well, so my thing now is just watching. I watch YouTube videos. I'm a YouTube person now. Oh no, Um, that's how people get
1: radicalized.
0: Well, yes, but I'm only watching very specific YouTube (laughs) channels. (laughs)
1: you're making sure you're googling every single one versus like what's recommended so you don't No, yeah i do not i do not go with google
0: or youtube algorithm which is the same
1: i mean google owns youtube yeah 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 yeah,
0: it's true well actually i think that's probably why because because google owns youtube and because i am so embedded in the google universe anyway uh, oh, wait. Molly, mm 9 But how about you, Bridget?
1: <laughs> at Bridget underscore socket Twitter and Instagram. So you can show your support by giving us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts, and you can show further support by listening to us talk about X-Files. I guess you don't have to listen to the episodes. You can just send us money at patreon.com slash Ghosts. But you should because it's really fun. Love season one of the X-Files. Live, laugh, Love learn the X files. <laughs> uh thanks for listening. Ahoy. Bye. Wait, Bon Voyage. <laughs>
0: bon Voyage. <laughs>